From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Hey, well, thanks for inviting me into your home. A long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Joshua P. Warren is here, and we're going to talk about invisibility this hour, invisible realms, invisible entities, invisible technology. Uh, We'll also discuss some of Joshua's own experiments involving invisibility. Uh, Before we get to Mr. Warren, uh, just a reminder that my free app for my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, is now available for both iOS and Android. Again, Conspiracy Unlimited, that's my podcast. It drops Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's a free app. It's available now for both iOS and Android. And so now you can stream all of the episodes from your mobile device. And here's the kicker. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus members, pay attention. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus members, you can stream premium content from the mobile device. So go get the free app from uh, the App Store or Google Play. Uh, You still have to subscribe to the podcast. You can't do that from the app. you got to subscribe. The best way is to go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com, conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. And um, the most recent 30 episodes remain free. Okay, you can listen to the the most recent 30 for free. And uh, new episodes, again, drop every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if you become a Plus member, and it's like $1.99 a month. Uh, I, I lose that, you know, in the, between the, the cushions and the sofa every other day. Anyway, $1.99 a month, you get two bonus commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to the back catalog of episodes, which is almost 400 past episodes. So, again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. And, uh, again, if, if you want to become a Plus member, just click on Get Access to Premium Episodes. All right. Let's talk invisibility, shall we? Joshua P. Warren has spent 20 years, more than 20 years, breaking ground in the paranormal. He began publishing at the age of 15. At the age of 25, Simon & Schuster published his book, How to Hunt Ghosts, now widely considered a classic in the field. In 2004, he made the cover of the science journal Electric Spacecraft for his work on the mysterious Brown Mountain Lights. Founder of... Lemur, L-E-M-U-R, Lemur Paranormal and the Asheville Mystery Museum. He often corresponds for uh, Coast to Coast AM, hosts the nationally syndicated Speaking of Strange radio show, a regular personality on programs that have aired on the Travel Channel, Discovery, History, National Geographic, Sci-Fi, Animal Planet, etc. And uh, through his open, imaginative mind, Joshua tells the facts with a warm, respectful sense of humor. Yet, he's got this ability to to reduce them down to solid lab experiments to separate fact from fiction. That's what I love about Joshua P. Warren, and uh, it's a delight to welcome him back. Joshua, how are you? How have you been? Hey, I'm doing great, Richard. It is always wonderful to talk to you, so thank you for having me on your show. Now, I don't know. I don't want to tell tales out of school, but uh, you're involved in a a new TV project, I hear. I reached out to you recently. You were in Death Valley. Are you able to talk about it? Well, not specifically, but you know what's weird is that since this whole COVID-19 situation started, obviously a a lot of the world is shut down. But for me, it's been kind of the opposite. Uh, I have gotten more opportunities to work on television programs and documentaries 
and uh, of course a lot of radio work, and I think it's because everybody's kind of stuck at home and gobbling up content. So um, I'm sort of uh, I, I I wouldn't say happy, <laughs> but uh, that that you know I'm in this position. But I'm telling you, uh, it has been busier than ever. So uh, I am delighted that there is so much interest in the type of uh, research that I do. Well, and again, uh, you, you, you're really at the forefront with the research. A lot of people, they go out and they're hunting ghosts, and that's fine. That's entertaining. But, I mean, you you get into the laboratory. You're, you're, you're coming up with stuff that nobody else does. But I wanted to talk to you about invisibility. And uh, you're in Las, Las Vegas uh, now, and, and you've mentioned this a couple of times. Interesting place for you to be because you're in the – what they call the Nevada Triangle. You also have a home in Puerto Rico, which is in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. So, uh, I mean, what's happening there? What's what's going on in the Nevada Triangle? There's more disappearances there than the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, uh, people don't realize that this is an even stranger part of the country because when a plane or a ship vanishes in the Bermuda Triangle, well, you can say, gosh, it's somewhere down there in the deep dark ocean. Uh, you know, outside of Puerto Rico, it goes down to almost 30,000 feet deep. But here in the Nevada Triangle, we're talking about areas that are barren. I mean, uh, there's very little vegetation. We have military bases all over the place. So how is it that, you know, we have thousands of people over the decades that have just poof, vanished right here between Las Vegas and Reno and Fresno, California. It's an even stranger phenomenon. And there's so much weirdness that goes on here that, frankly, that's one of the things that I'm working on right now with my current project is, is trying to put together a comprehensive documentary about all this. And, you know, Richard, most of my life I have been studying strange things like ghosts and UFOs and cryptids and psychic phenomena. And you hear the same thing over and over again. Someone says, I saw a ghost and then it vanished. I saw a UFO and then it disappeared. I saw Bigfoot and then he vanished. And it's kind of frustrating to try to study things that are always disappearing. And so I really started looking very seriously into why and how things might disappear because a lot of people presume that if they see a paranormal phenomenon that vanishes that it is sort of uh, traveling somewhere that it's teleporting somewhere that it's changing its position in space but i started to wonder well is it possible that these things are not traveling through space but they're just becoming transparent to the naked eye they're they're still there and and how difficult would it be to achieve that? And what I found was it is amazingly and surprisingly easy to achieve invisibility. And I think that our military has been so uh, adamant about studying this that uh, – and I can give you some honest examples of this. Uh, I would not be surprised, Richard, if there were a uh, an invisible agent standing right in the corner of your studio as amazing and unbelievable as that may sound. Uh, well, less and less unbelievable, it, it, it seems. I mean, you know, most of us are familiar with uh, the invisibility cloak on, well, not only on Harry Potter. I mean, that I think the, the invisibility cloak has been kind of a, uh, 
uh, a device that's been used uh, throughout folk- folklore and legends. Um, wasn't the invisibility cloak also in Jason and the Argonauts or something? Um, it's it's kind of the holy grail, really, isn't it? The invisibility cloak. But the, I know up in Canada, I, I saw this video recently. They are working on, I think they call it hyper-stealth material. And um, there's a demonstration online you can see. And it's it's just, it looks like a piece of flexible plastic. Uh, and it somehow, I don't know, blocks out infrared or it bends light around itself. And so this person was holding this like a, sh- a body shield up in front of him. And he basically vanished. He disappeared behind this thing. And you could see what was behind him, which was backlight and some curtains in front of a window. But he was gone. So, you know, that's what they're telling us they have. And when I see that, I always say, well, if they're if they're if that's for public consumption, what they're telling us they have, they're probably 50 years beyond that. What do you think? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, you know, it's easy for people to hear about the concept of invisibility technology and kind of roll their eyes. But if I instead say camouflage, now people go, oh, that makes sense because that's the purpose of camouflage is to make you as invisible as possible. So obviously this is the holy grail for any type of military or law enforcement. And in fact, to to demonstrate just how incredibly accessible invisibility material is. Uh, I'm sure you can get on the internet right now, uh, right, Richard? I'm I'm on your site right now. Okay, if you go to joshuapwarren.com and uh, click the link to my curiosity shop, yes, I'm a good businessman, (laughs) scroll down and you will see a video where I make myself invisible. And I did this by obtaining a relatively inexpensive, crude a uh, piece of material and to demonstrate just how effective it is okay first off in the video it just lasts a little over a minute you'll see me first making some small things disappear i had uh, a little doll of a ghost and a little doll of a of a ufo and a little doll of a bigfoot and then you see me make myself disappear and then finally i decided to take it to the nth degree And before all of this COVID stuff started, I went to a busy bar on a Saturday night in Las Vegas, packed with people, and I made myself invisible in that bar as people were walking right past me. And if you watch the video, you will see the proof that I did this, and and it's actually kind of a touchy subject because I'm telling you, this could be so easily abused for oh, yes. nefarious purposes if people understood how easy it is to become invisible. Just let, so, uh, just uh, excuse me, Joshua. I just want to make sure that I because I'm going to watch this probably during the break that's coming yeah. up in about ten minutes. But if I'm so I'm on the Curiosity uh, Shop site. Is it mm-hmm. is it below the rare book set video? Yeah, yeah. You just scroll down toward the bottom there, and then I know it's kind of cluttered. There's a lot of stuff, but if you if you keep scrolling down, I've got some interesting ah, videos. It, it says invisibility cloaking material and the got paranormal. It. It's one minute fourteen seconds. Play that, and you will see me after I show the dolls disappear. You will see me make myself disappear first off in my house, and then out there in the bar. 
And you know what's amazing about this is a lot of people, I feel, do not take strange and paranormal reports seriously because they can't wrap their mind around the idea that something can just sort of vanish. But it's not that big of a deal. And when you realize how simple it is to sort of warp the photons that reach the human eye and how egotistical and egocentric we are to say, I got to see it to believe it. And if I see it, it's real. And if I don't see it, it's not real. If, 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 you, if you take this into context, this is a step forward for us because we can now say, look, uh, the the ridicule factor of people saying they saw something that disappeared should be neutralized. And now we should go past that and start looking more seriously at what people are experiencing because the impossibility of invisibility is no longer such a far-fetched thing. Uh, and I guess so now the saying has to be not seeing is believing. Well, yeah, you could say that. And in fact, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if you have it posted anywhere, but I sent you a video of this invisibility cloaking material being used on an aircraft landing at Nellis Air Force Base. And of course, here in Las Vegas, Nellis is the big Air Force Base that's on the north end of the city. And uh, they're the, the, the main uh, control uh, for Area 51. And so in 2015, five years ago, my friend Steve Barone, who lives on the side of a cliff in Summerlin overlooking the Las Vegas Valley, uh, he filmed uh, this craft that is landing at Nellis Air Force Base. And the only reason you can see it is because as it's landing, it's a triangular-shaped craft, and it turns on lights at the tips of the triangle. Uh, other than that, you don't see anything except the background. And then the background is kind of warped a little bit like a mirage. And this shows you how that uh, this kind of technology is certainly being used on various aircraft. But uh, I believe that uh, without a doubt, if I can obtain the material that I got to make myself invisible in a bar, then with the military budget, uh, I, I believe they have got uh, some kind of very flexible fabric, uh, and, and I say fabric in quotations, but, but some kind of flexible material that would make them almost completely transparent. And you know, it's weird because over the years, a lot of people have talked about seeing a ghost or other paranormal manifestations, and they say it looks kind of foggy or misty or warped a little bit, and this is the kind of predator effect uh, referring to the movie right, that right. you get from using this kind of material. And again, we're not talking about someone literally dematerializing. We're talking kind of a, a cloaking device. So the person is really there, but they are using some piece of technology. So th render them invisible to the human eye, but they're not immaterial is what I'm saying. They're not immaterial. They haven't dematerialized. That might explain what is reported as some paranormal activity. So maybe someone who sees what they think is a UFO that's flitting in and out of our dimension or our reality is one of these advanced aircraft using one of these cloaking devices. 
I suppose in some rare instances, maybe someone catches out of the corner of their eye a person who is using this cloaking device and they think, oh, that must be a ghost. But that doesn't necessarily explain all paranormal activity, right? So you're not saying that all ghosts are people using this technology, but there could be two things happening at the same time, right? That's right. I'm not saying that paranormal manifestations are using this technology. What I'm saying is that the fact that we can see how easy it is to become invisible means that we have proof of concept here for how easy it may be for ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, etc. to actually become invisible uh, using whatever means that we don't understand. But invisibility is not such a large leap to make when we're trying to understand these things. It used to be a big leap, like, well, how does something, how do you see something that suddenly is not there? It's not that big of a deal. And so once we realize that, that it becomes almost trivial that these things can appear and disappear. And so now we can, we can start looking more at the meat of these eyewitness reports because it's very easy to dismiss out of hand some, someone's report when they say, I saw this thing and it disappeared because it almost sounds like a hallucination or something. But if you understand that there is a technology that's very inexpensive and accessible that will do something close to this, uh, then it just shows you the concept of invisibility is not some giant barrier that we have to deal with. And once you start thinking about how the invisible world around you can be produced using simple photon bending materials, well, then you start thinking about, wow, what other stuff can I tap into that is powerful that may be invisible. And that's why I use this as a great example of how to tap into the power of the mind, which is something I'm sure we'll get into uh, this hour, uh, because the mind is intrinsically invisible, and yet it also has physical power. So uh, this bridges a lot of gaps for us. So again, if people want to go to Joshua P. Warren, and there's no period there, it's just Joshua P., as in Peter, Warren.com, Click on in the menu there, the tab Curiosity Shop, and then scroll down, I would say about three quarters of the way down, and there's a video there. It says Invisibility Cloaking Materials and the Paranormal, and just click on that and watch that during the break that's coming up in about two minutes' time. And then uh, if you'd like to call in and weigh in with your thoughts, I don't know if this is possible for you to answer, but knowing where the technology is going and, again, probably realizing that the military has things that are 50 years beyond our wildest imaginations. And that comes from Ben Rich, who used to uh, run Skunk Works. Do you think now, are you satisfied then that given this technology, it's likely that the vast, vast majority of UAP or UFO sightings are human made, but just simply advanced technology? At this point in this day and age, yes, I think majority of them are. You know, just 10 years ago, when someone would send me some UFO footage to analyze, it was much, much easier than it is now. I mean, for five years, I produced an event where I had the very best hob hobbyists and craftspeople come together and build different types of you know, UFOs and fly them to see who could create the most convincing fake. And I would photograph them and videotape them, and I used that as a reference for my analysis. Now, 
uh, it's almost impossible to analyze so-called UFO footage because, I mean, uh, we have uh, Elon Musk's Starlink up there, and that's a growing constellation of satellites. Um, we now have these craft using invisibility technology. And so uh, short of having a close encounter where you actually see an alien or something, uh, it's almost impossible now to, to take a, a, a piece of footage of a weird light in the sky and determine if it is uh, man-made or not. We're going to take a time out. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Joshua P. Warren is with us, the author of How to Hunt Ghosts. He's checking in from Las Vegas, and I watched the video, Joshua, and admittedly, I mean, it's very sort of rudimentary type technology, but it gives people an idea. And if it was lit in a certain way, it could probably even be more convincing. What is that material that you were using to make those little objects disappear? Well, I don't want to be too specific uh, because honestly, I I do think that it's just a matter of time before it's abused, but it is plastic. And the plastic has a particular grain that is uh, cut into it that causes light to spread. And so you, you will notice that I am primarily, not always, but primarily using tubes or arcs. And so what that means is the object that's behind would ordinarily be seen because it's its photons would be traveling directly into your eyes. But because of the curved shape, instead it spreads those photons to the edges, uh, kind of like the way a fiber optic manipulates light. And so uh, this is something, again, I I got just as a civilian, uh, anybody can get this kind of stuff. And I, I almost don't even want to talk about the bad ways it could be used because I don't want to give anybody ideas. Right, But Understood. I'm telling you, like, this, this stuff, if, if we can do this that easily and the military has billions of dollars in their black budget, the U.S. military has billions of dollars in their black budget, uh, I'm sure a good chunk of that goes to – well, concealment and camouflage, and that is why I believe that probably, uh, certainly within the, the the past five years, they've been able to create technology that is so uh, so effective that you could literally have an invisible person standing in your room. And by the way, Richard, when I put this together, I started doing experiments. And I found that this would even make me invisible to the motion sensors on my own alarm system. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And and it's also scary. So somebody who is using this technology properly could waltz right into your house and not set off your alarms. So, yeah, this is – this is some tricky stuff, and, and eventually, mark my words, this will this will come up as a uh, as a threat, and it, it will probably be a, a regulated material. Right, that's commercially available. Something that you bought. Now, imagine, as you say, let's say an intelligence agency or the military with more money than God 
a black hole of money that just you know disappears and they have it at their disposal. And I, one of the things I believe that they are working on or have already perfected, and that is imagine a fabric that you would put on and the fabric is basically thousands or maybe even more, tens of thousands of little cameras or projectors. And what they're doing is projecting what is behind the person wearing the fabric. So I guess in the rear of the suit that you would put on would be the cameras that are capturing images of what's behind you and the the projectors is what's on the front. Those are projecting images of what's behind you. So essentially you're seeing what's behind the individual. That person is then wearing this fabric. They are invisible to the human eye. So that's another way that they are uh, trying to approach invisibility. I'm, I'm sure they've perfected that as well. Well, you know, uh, about 10 years ago, I was actually in Laughlin, Nevada, which is about an hour and a half south of Las Vegas. And I was out in the desert about 9, 9.30 at night with a few friends. We had night vision goggles. And we all witnessed this gigantic object travel over our heads. And from our perspective, you couldn't see it with the naked eye. Uh, if you looked up with the naked eye, it just looked like the starry sky. But through the night vision goggles, we could actually see uh, what looked like a giant V shape. And so I, I was always perplexed because people talk about triangles all the time. But this was just a big illuminated V shape that very slowly and silently uh, moved over our heads. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, it moved from east to west, and ultimately it was traveling toward a base. And when I saw that at that time, it was so eerie to me that I really felt like I was seeing something otherworldly. But now that I know more about the technology they use, I'm thinking that this may have been actually one of these type of uh, triangular aircraft that was using the cloaking technology so that if you looked up with the naked eye, uh, you'd have to be really sharp uh, to see the leading edge is, uh, I guess the leading edges of that craft sort of distorting the stars, but it was more apparent through the night vision goggles. So in retrospect, I would say that it's very likely what I saw was a craft similar to what Steve Barone captured landing at Nellis Air Force Base in, in 2015. So um, I, probably day or night, uh, there are many different ways of cloaking uh, these aircraft. Um, and it's very easy, really, to imagine cloaking an aircraft, but it gets kind of creepy when we're talking about cloaking an individual, and I'm sure they've gotten that far. Oh, yes. And, you know, some of these murders that are carried out that are like a, almost like a professional hit. And I don't know, an intelligence agency maybe or a rogue element of an intelligence agency goes into a, a place, you know, no sign of forced entry. As you say, the alarms don't go off. The target is taken out. One has to wonder whether they are using that kind of technology to get in and out. And then I start thinking about what is warfare going to be like? In the next 10 years, 15, 20 years, or even intelligence gathering or policing. I don't even want to think about it. It's scary. Well, you know, Richard, um, when you get to the point to where you can be invisible, 
invisible. That is one of the holy grails of, of power. I would say that probably if you were to just philosophically imagine the things uh, that could be obtained that would give you uh, enormous power, it would be invisibility and time travel. Those would be the two big holy grails. And it's possible that what we are seeing often is a combination of those two things. Um, and that's why, you know, you hear these stories about shadow people, for example, and more often than not, these shadow people are kind of in the corner of the room and sort of observing quietly. And, of course, if someone happens to notice that person, they might see that figure sort of, you know, uh, swiftly move away. Um, and if we were actually observing ourselves from the future, we would also take precautions to not affect the past because it could, you know, create the whole grandfather effect. And you, you throw off the chain reaction, the chain of events in the future. And so I know this is kind of a deep rabbit hole that we could go down, but Ultimately, I think it, it may be possible that if ever, ever, ever in the entire infinite future, um, humans, or for that matter, any other species, are able to figure out how to travel through time, they will do it. They will do it, whether it's legal or not. Uh, I wrote about this in my book, The Secret Wisdom of Kuku Khan, and thank you for mentioning my books. And, uh, and that creates what I call the paratemporal loop hypothesis. And so imagine if we actually have um, what amounts to humans or some similar species from the future coming back and observing the past, as they clearly would do, and using some kind of invisibility cloaking material – um, you could say this is just another possible explanation for many of the strange things that people call paranormal. Right. And it also explains, I guess you could call it kind of a paradox when people say, well, if time travel is ever achievable, we should be being visited by time travelers now. Well, maybe we are. Maybe that's one of the protocols that if you travel back in time, you must wear this invisibility uh, suit because – you know, you could end up destroying a timeline. Well, that's exactly right. And, and you know, we, we know that this is a, a potential problem. And, and, and by the way, I just thought of this. If you go to Google and you type in TR6 space Telos, T-E-L-O-S, TR6 Telos, T-E-L-O-S, you are going to see under the images a craft that pops up that looks very much like the craft that I describe seeing in the desert. And I'm not saying that this is indeed the same thing, but um, it is sort of V-shaped, and um, they uh, are claiming, the, whoever uh, put this online, and it's kind of hard to find, so everybody might not be able to bring it up. Uh, they're claiming that it is designed for trans-atmospheric low observation reconnaissance and it utilizes some kind of electrogravitic generators uh, but I wanted to bring that up so that anybody who may have seen the same kind of thing that I saw might look at that and say okay this might be leading us down the trail 
uh, to an explanation because I, I imagine that these types of V-shaped craft are probably traveling around a lot more than people realize. And so we have here the typical hall of mirrors, Richard, where you have a combination of uh, very um, amazing technology that is being currently developed, possibly combined with these almost unimaginable technologies that are being developed in the future that may actually be coming back, in addition to your good old-fashioned paranormal experience. And so uh, sorting things out is the hard part here uh, because as we become more and more sophisticated technologically, we start reaching those gaps and the stuff we are creating is starting to look more like the weird stuff from 50 years ago. Indeed. All right. Now you've given me another assignment. Uh, I'm off to Google uh, during the break. Back with more of my conversation with Joshua P. Warren right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Yes, I looked that up, the TR6 Telos, and that is your... Typical V-shaped UFO craft. Looks like a boomerang and absolutely immense, these things. People talk about how they almost obliterate the night sky. And it's also very reminiscent of the type of craft that was seen in the uh, the famous Phoenix Light episode back in uh, March of, was that 97, I think. That could have been the TR6 right there, Joshua. Well, you know, the Phoenix Lights episode happened First here in Las Vegas. A lot of people don't realize that. There were many, many reports of this craft being seen in Vegas heading toward Arizona. And then in Arizona, of course, uh, it was on full display. Uh, Vegas is one of the brightest cities in the world. And so often when people see some weird lights around here, they don't pay that much attention. <laughs> um, but in Arizona, uh, obviously, everybody noticed it, including the governor. I would presume that this is likely the same type of thing, but you know, it gets really difficult to discern because if what we have here in the Vegas area is basically facilities that are set up to back engineer alien technology and try to recreate it, 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 it becomes difficult to tell the difference between some kind of exotic man-made technology and and true alien technology especially if you're just looking at the craft and you know in the the famous letter that senator harry reed wrote to the department of defense uh he was talking about these exotic technologies and of course it has been reported that the main contract that was given to try to back engineer some of this down technology went to Bigelow Aerospace, yep. and the Bigelow Aerospace was using modified buildings in the Las Vegas area to create some of this stuff. And, uh, and, and of course, Bigelow went on 60 Minutes uh, and was interviewed by reporter Laura Logan, and she said to him, so if we go into space, are we going to possibly encounter aliens? And he laughed and said, you don't have to go into space. They're right here under our noses. Uh, and you know, this is a guy who has had huge government contracts 
and he said that, you know, very matter-of-factly, said he had no doubt that there are aliens. And so, obviously, this is a hot spot in the world for developing these things. And if you just want to look at the Roswell incident in particular that happened in 1947, uh, of course, a lot of people don't realize 18 days after that, the National Security Act was signed, which formed the Air Force, the CIA, what is now the NSA, and also the position of the Secretary of Defense. And the first Secretary of Defense, James Forrestal, took an unfortunate fall out of a window. Mm -hmm. uh, it is said that whatever crashed here uh, in, in, in Roswell was first sent to Wright-Patterson, and then right after that in the 1950s, they began building this area, the Groom Lake facility that we now know as Area 51, and it was built primarily to take that debris to a place that was very secluded and to try to back-engineer it and study it and uh, I think that they have made enormous progress. And whether or not you believe the stories from people like Bob Lazar, there is still uh, a lot of other uh, very convincing circumstantial evidence that there was debris, at least from the Roswell incident, that was ultimately shipped here to southern Nevada. And uh, that's where they've been developing some of these craft. And so it's, it may not be so much of a coincidence that the craft – that I saw and a similar craft that we now attribute to Phoenix originated here in Las Vegas. I'm glad we sort of have gone down this path. I didn't anticipate it. I didn't bring you on necessarily to talk about UFO disclosure, but while we're on the subject, you know, some people are suggesting that we had such high hopes with Tom DeLonge and the, and the, to the stars Academy and Robert Bigelow and that they were going to help bust this wide open now it sounds like Bigelow is sitting on a lot of this technology or these artifacts from UFO crash retrieval sites, and maybe he's not going to give it up to the public, and maybe, again, it's just going to go underground and be used for other purposes, not for the common good, as they say. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, this is something I've thought a lot about because I understand the need for national security. I understand that there are certain powers out there, uh, I mean, physical technologies similar to the nuclear bomb or, you know, certainly in excess of the nuclear bomb, but certain powers that are so immense that we would not want it to fall into the wrong hands. And so I can't say with certainty that if I knew everything that was available, that I would give a thumbs up to disclosing all this. But on the other hand, as a taxpayer and a person who believes that you know we ought to be getting some level of information uh, as the the ultimate owners of this country, I think that maybe if we actually have evidence that there are other humanoid beings in the universe, that may cross the line uh, so that uh, we deserve to at least know that much. You don't have to tell us exactly how their machines work uh, if, if, if that's too powerful. But I do believe that we deserve to be presented the truth about these beings that are, again, humanoid, that exist in, in the universe. And I've, I've reached the point, and we could talk about this for hours, but uh, I've never seen a, an alien, so to speak, 
but I believe I have seen enough strong circumstantial evidence. There have been enough deathbed confessions. You have people like Glenn Dennis there in uh, Roswell going on camera talking about what he experienced. For example, I just recently talked about that on the podcast that I do called Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I think that there is enough evidence there to at least say in a court of law, you could prove that we are not alone. And and that is such a huge thing. I think we deserve to at least be told that, don't you? I, I absolutely, I agree. Uh, we'll take another time out and uh, continue into the final break here, going uh, with uh, Joshua P. Warren right to the finish line. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. Just a reminder, coming up next week on the program for, I believe, the full two hours. If not, I'm going to try and cajole them into doing the full two hours. Jonathan Kahn will be here. His uh, new book, The Harbinger 2, coming out uh, later this fall, but he'll uh, stop by again next week to talk about some really mind-blowing biblical prophecies. I always look forward to speaking with Jonathan Kahn. I always look forward to speaking with Joshua P. Warren, and we have him right now for a few moments yet. And uh, we're talking about invisibility. I forgot to mention that kind of the impetus for me to talk about this was this new, I guess it's kind of a reboot of the old H.G. Wells book, The Invisible Man, which I don't know if it's in theaters now or whether it even had much of an opening weekend with Elizabeth Moss, I believe. Uh, Have you seen the movie, by the way, Joshua? You know, it's funny uh, that you ask that because I downloaded it to my Kindle to watch on an airplane, and uh, I haven't watched it yet. So I, I've heard it's a good movie, and it, I, I think, certainly uh, brings to light, I would imagine, some of the uh, eeriness of the idea that we may have invisible people running around here. And, and you know, that 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 statement may sound crazy, but I'm telling you, if you watch – the video that I, I put there at joshuapwarren.com and you realize just how accessible this stuff is, it's not so crazy at all. Right. And uh, further to your video, there's also on YouTube, and I mentioned this Hyperstealth, I think that's the name of the company, I believe they're Canadian, mm-hmm. Hyperstealth's Quantum Stealth Invisibility Cloak material. And if you type that into Google, you'll see this which I described earlier, but apparently the military has taken a pass and someone in the comments section was saying that's probably because they have something better, which is very interesting. Now, I don't know how far back this goes, but at one time you had posted some interesting photos you took with some night vision binoculars of footprints that kind of appeared and then disappeared. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, I believe also if you go to that same site, joshuapwarren.com, click the link to the Curiosity Shop. If you scroll down, you should see this footage. And this is actually footage that was shot by a student of mine. I have an online paranormal investigation course, and this gentleman, Daniel Hurst, was one of the graduates of my course. I'm very proud to say that. And he investigated a house that was being haunted by uh, uh, an older lady, and uh, they would hear her sometimes uh, cackling, and then, but they would more often hear her footsteps. And if you watch this video, you actually can see in the infrared night vision her footprints, one after the other. 
uh, walking across the floor. And this is yet another great example of how that, whether this is a ghost or, or something else, um, there is an invisible person there. And you would only know it by watching the foot the footprints show up, so to speak. And uh, it kind of reminds me, uh, the other day I was watching the old original Clash of the Titans with my wife, and uh, there is an invisibility mechanism that the character uses, and the villain notices the footprints in the sand as the invisible person is walking away. And it's very much like you see here. You can actually see those footsteps moving across the floor. So somebody is walking there, but we can't see that person. Fantastic. This is the kind of thing to me that makes you stand out. I know this was shot by one of your students, but he, you know, he, he learned from the master. And to me, you more than anyone else is, seems to be on the cusp of breaking this, this stuff wide open. I talked about UFO disclosure. Um, maybe there's a, a paranormal disclosure that that's on the horizon. And, and if anyone's going to get us there, I think it's going to be you, Joshua. Well, thank you for saying that. And, you know, the secret to my success is this burning curiosity. I'm just a very curious guy. And I also try to look at things practically. So uh, that's why I try to take things that people report in the field and reduce them down to things that I can test in the laboratory. And I have a, a pretty high standard for things that live up to my expectations of evidence. And so uh, I believe right now we have... A, a new, younger generation of people who are getting into these positions of power where they have access to some of this technology and they grew up watching, you know, the Steven Spielberg movies and the George Lucas stuff, and they they want us to know about it. And this is a very trying and confusing time uh, because of all the hardships that we're going through. But if anybody listening out there is freaking out because of what's happening in the world, just remember this one thing. You cannot ever improve the world without some things breaking down. And I don't like the destruction that I'm seeing right now, but I do believe that we are transforming and transitioning and that ultimately this is going to open some doors for us to see more of the things that have been concealed from us. It's interesting. Uh, last night I, uh, I was hosting Coast to Coast AM and I had a, a good friend of mine, media scientist Nelson Thal, on the program. We were talking about Marshall McLuhan and uh, his, his theories and media laws and so forth. One of the things that McLuhan said that uh, it just jumped out at me right now based on what you were saying is that uh, at a certain point, the, 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 the speed of progress – will be indistinguishable from crisis. And I think that's what we're undergoing right now. Uh, not, uh, And I'm talking about also technological progress. Uh, and and you talked about, you know, invisibility technology and so forth. It It is creating anxiety. And, and I think McLuhan was onto something when he said, you know, the rate at which progress happens can lead, it can be indistinguishable from crisis. 
Well, that's true. And there are lots of people who are uh, opportunists, who are taking advantage of the change that's going on. They're abusing things. But obviously, the mainstream media has a tendency to always exaggerate things and to make you afraid. And you know, they, they focus on the smallest little things. And uh, ultimately, though, uh, this is not a time to be afraid. This is a time for us to see a change that's going on. Don't take your... Uh, your your news from the mainstream media literally, you know, just walk outside and see how your fellow humans are behaving. And uh, they're, I'm, I presume 99% of the time they're behaving well because that's why we have a civilization to begin with. So it can be scary if you just listen to the fear-mongering, but once all this is done and the transition has occurred, then we are going to see in our lifetimes uh, amazing things that would have been impossible to disclose 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right, as long as they don't fall into the wrong hands. Joshua, yeah. always uh, a pleasure. I always learn so much from listening to you. You're so engaging and, and captivating, and I appreciate your time. And um, again, let's give people the website, uh, joshuapwarren.com, and uh, check out some of this amazing footage in the Curiosity Shop, just click on that tab, Curiosity Shop. There's the invisibility video and uh, the, the, the invisible footsteps are there as well. That's right. They are there as well. And, uh, you know, Richard, I love your show and I admire you and you are on the cutting edge as well, my friend. So thank you so much for inviting me to be on your program. All right, Joshua, stay well. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Absolutely. All right, Joshua P. Warren. My thanks to Carlos Kajina for technical production. Back next week with Jonathan Kahn, The Harbinger 2. Don't miss that one. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops, move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. Or at least up the stairs. Good night. <laughs>